This week, post-Real Madrid game debrief, recorded just after the Paris Saint-Germain-Strasbourg game. We're a little bit pissed off. Short intro. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. This is PSG Talking. Hello everyone, we just watched the PSG Strasbourg game, 5-2, um, and we're doing a semi-impromptu podcast, and of course it's not going to be about Paris Saint-Germain-Strasbourg, <laughs> even if, you know, this, um, this game was a little bit important in regard of the uh, Real Madrid PSG that happened on Wednesday, and this podcast is going to be 99.9% about that game, lots and lots and lots to talk about, more than you would think, because, of course, some drama happened, something bizarre happened with the non-selection of Thiago Silva. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about, um, was it a good idea to start with Lo Celso? Um, all the, the people on this podcast today will express how what they felt, what they liked, what they disliked during the game. And those people are Kose. Hello, Kose. Hello. Hi. How are things? Uh, everything's good. Thank you very much for having me. And we have another guest today. And uh, would, you like special, to very special. would you like to remind uh, our listeners your name? It's the return of the Grievous Angel. Uh, it's it's me, David. This podcast is my baby. I haven't been on it for a few months, but uh, here Hi, I am, David. Guillaume's guest, Hi, denigrated. Uh, glad to have you back. Good, mm-hmm. to, good, <laughs> good to have you back. All right, um, let's go right to it. Strasbourg. Uh, so Paris Saint-Germain just beat Strasbourg in a odd game. Let me grab my notes. Sorry, it's going to be a, le- a little, um, you know, looser today. Uh, 5-2. Strasbourg, on their first attack, scored. They are an interesting little team. They don't do um, many things, but the few things they do, they really do it right. They've done it in Lameno and beat us 2-0, if you remember well. And they kind of did it again a little <coughs> bit um, today. Uh, Hulu scored at the 6th. Draxler tied the game. Uh, at the 10th, nice shot, clinical. Neymar, 21st, odd goal. Di Maria, 23rd. Big mistake by the uh, Strasbourg uh, central defender. Uh, and then the, the famous or unfamous Bahoken, who killed us uh, during the, uh, the, the first game in Strasbourg. 67th, long shot, mm, exposing Areola a little bit. But that was a very, very nice shot, a la, a la Cruz, a bit. And then uh, Cavani Brace, thank God, uh, 73rd and 79th. Um, let's start with Kose. Kose, you, did you, by the way, did you watch this game? Did you watch it? Yes, yes. Uh, I, I was watching it this morning. And uh, I thought it was a pretty, a pretty uh, interesting match uh, to watch, just because of like, the sheer amount of goals uh, it brought. But uh, the truth is, I felt PSGs uh, sometimes were not accelerating as much as they 
one and two. Like I, sure. I thought the mentality was there, the the optimism in the passes they were trying to get forward, but they were just allowing um, Strasbourg to do too much. And that was uh, evident in the counterattack when uh, on their first uh, try they they got a, a a gorgeous goal. Yeah, I mean the team was. If you look at the calendar of you know January February, it's just unfreaking believable. The number of games Paris has been playing so far, so they were a bit worn out. Um, a, a few facts. I'm, I don't want to interrupt you, and you know you'll get back on your take on this game. Uh, Kurzawa. <laughs> And Alves were our fullbacks. Kim Pembe and Thiago Silva are central defenders. Midfield was Draxler, Diara, Los Celso, up front, Neymar, Cavani, Di Maria. Uh, the team was a bit worn out. See my big things. Mota came back in. Uh, he didn't get injured. Uh, he looked okay. And Pastore came in for Los Celso. So carry on, Kose. Do you want to go straight to the Real Madrid game? Or you have a few things to say about the Strasbourg game? Oh no! Um, I I did I did want to mention a few things that I saw, um, that I uh, that you also mentioned. Uh, Thiago Mota getting back into into a, a pitch, playing some balls. Um, he he seemed pretty sharp to me. He he didn't make uh, too many mistakes. So I I kind of was uh, feeling happy for him because he's finally trying to get back to his um to his fit state. And uh, uh, <laughs> to see Di Maria uh, score again. Uh, still makes me wonder why we didn't have him in the other game. So, yeah. Yeah, not, I guess that's like our, my, our carry-on. <laughs> you're, you're not the only one. Uh, David, your take on... Did you watch it? Yes, most of it. Okay. <clears throat> um, well, I think we have a couple things to take away from this, especially in light of the Real Madrid game. We had uh, Lasana Diana starting once again, uh, and Giovanni Lo Celso, instead of dropped, he was advanced into sort of Verratti's role. Um... And uh, also the return of Thiago Silva to the team, which was a little bit of drama, uh, because I don't know if you if you guys saw this, but the the league, the official league announcement, actually showed that Neymar was captain, uh, which was false. It was just an error, mm. but it just kind of adds to the drama of having Thiago Silva dropped. You know, it's it's like people kind of circling around wanting to create a headline. Right. Um, but I thought, you know, Lo did very well considering, like, the spotlight on him. I guess we could talk more about the sixth situation later against Madrid. But, you know, you, it, it's not often that a young player can just get skewered like that and come out still playing very well, got an assist for Neymar, and, you know, does does well in an advanced role that's closer to what he played in Argentina and certainly could be uh, could be close to where he plays for the future uh, at, at PSG. Uh, Mata back in the team was generally, I thought he did well, um, maybe physically off the pace, but his passing is still very crisp. And that's something that doesn't really convince me about Diara. Um, he's solid on the ball and positioning wise, he's okay. Um, but I felt like he just gives it away too often, whether through ambitious touches or, you know, an eagerness to drive forward with the ball that Mata certainly doesn't have. He doesn't need to. He just stands still and gives it to somebody else, which works for our system a little bit better. I think Diara is not quite disciplined enough yet uh, where I would trust him fully against Madrid. At the same time, that is where I expect to see him in the return leg, so we'll have to see. Um, so I really, really, really like Diara's game against Strasbourg. I agree with you. He's trying too much to be a player that he's not. Uh, in the passing phase, in the passing 
game. Mm. Um, he's good uh, at box-to-boxing. Uh, he's got that good acceleration, and he's a, he's a powerful little player. But the passing is trying too much, and that, that can be easily corrected by the coach. Like, do what you do well, and what he did well. And we have, oh my God, we are going to talk again, again, about the lack of defensive impact at Paris Saint-Germain and players who, who just don't have that in them. Well, he's not a pure six. He's not really a six. He's a pure DM, a pure defensive midfielder um, with some decent Sentinel skills. But his defensive interventions, and he's done it two to three times in a game, which requires a physical and mental skill set where you, you have a Strasbourg powerful, you know, they, those guys are very athletic, uh, very powerful, going with the ball, running with the ball, coming towards the, the square, and Diara goes in and does the right physical intervention, right technical inter- intervention with the right mindset and beats, beats the guy, gets the ball back, passes the ball to someone else. Who else can do that. Okay, Rabiot can do that sometimes. Okay, Verratti can do that sometimes. Who can do that over and over and over again? We don't know yet because, you know, physically he's not back to 100%. And that's probably why he didn't play in, in Madrid. Diara and this type of players, which we do not or we haven't had for the past, what, five years. Um, Draxler, I, I found Draxler interestingly good as a left uh, midfielder. He's so inconsistent. Today was good. And yeah, uh, Lo Celso, my goodness, uh, that's uh, remarkable. How can you bounce back mm-hmm. after being... We'll, we'll, we'll talk about Lo Celso game um, in Madrid, but he's a remarkable young man. Anything else uh, to talk? Oh, well, Mota, okay, yeah. Um, we see the, what Mota does immediately. When Mota plays, the, 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 the passing, the, the tempo, the, the, the team flows better. When Mota and Verratti play together, it's even better. And we were complaining last season that they would slow the game. Well, now we have Rockets up front. And both have excellent long-passing skills, so, and they're smart, so they can adapt to that. We have not seen, so far, Mota and Verratti fit in a... Uh, I don't remember when the last time they played together in a Champions League game. It was... I actually don't remember. It was months and months and months ago. Anyway, um, anything else we should throw on the Paris Saint-Germain-Strasbourg game? Um, Di Maria. I, I, oh, yeah, go ahead, Cosi. Yeah, I just wanted to say um, I really like the introduction to Pastore uh, to the match. I think he he um, played very very well, and that he did what he always did, which is uh, proposing uh, going forward, unlock defenses. He, I thought I thought he was very good today, and and actually that made me think that maybe he could have been an option against against Real Madrid. Mm. I'm going to disagree with you. I mean, yes, he was good. Oh, my God, he's breaking my heart. What, what I'm going to say. He's a, he's, a, 
This is a phenomenal. We love Pastore. But the trend of the, the super modern game, I'm talking about the last two or three years, you just can't afford to have this type of player anymore. Ask, ask uh, any pure 10 around uh, playing in big leagues, what's happening to them? Well, they're, they're becoming bench players, like utility players. When you lack that defensive ability as a 10, you're just going to be benched. And that's, I mean, Pastore does not defend. He doesn't want to. He doesn't cover. He doesn't come back. It's, so sure, he's a creative genius, but can we afford a player like this? Uh, I wish we could, but I, I, don't, think, I don't think we can. Um, David, do you want to add something about your favorite player in the <coughs> history of football? No, that's uh, yeah. That's Javier me. Pastore is factually the best of the world. I have a degree. I can say that. Um, <laughs> and I, so before you criticize me, you know, it's me versus the haters every week. But uh, believe me, he is the greatest player in football, um, although he does wear Tama Munye pajamas. Uh, but he is increasingly on the fringe of this team. And I think just under Emery, unless we change to a system where you have more than one dedicated defensive player, so a four-two-three-one, mm-hmm. um, and I mean a modern four-two-three-one where you have kind of two defensive mids and then like an, a, a bank of attacking three midfielders, which is what we thought we would get and what we've seen a few times under Emery, but it's just not. It doesn't work with the this weird mixture of possession football that we play. If you look at a team like Tottenham Hotspur, they can kind of – their system kind of – uh, like you get like a back three at times it's a lot more fluid because mm-hmm. they have a little bit less of the ball um and it just allows them to to jump between like a structured system and a, and a possession system a lot more easily than we seem to be able to uh you look at a player like lo celso and and it's it's increasingly clear that okay when pastore leaves this team inevitably um because we have too many attacking midfielders right now and we're probably going to sell one of Di Maria or Draxler, probably Draxler unfortunately, much to my chagrin uh, before we before we sell um, or rather we're going to sell Pastore uh, before we sell either of those two so when he leaves uh, Lo Celso has his attacking skill set and he also is a much more modern player, he comes back and defends and positionally he's been really working on it, He he can he can do it um, although in big games it is a lot to ask of him, which we'll get to later. But yeah, we're not going to miss him as a team. We'll just miss him sentimentally because yeah. there is something special about those kind of balls that he okay. can play. I mean, he Loselso can do it, but he doesn't have the just the no. mental acumen of saying, "I'm going to lose the ball today, and it doesn't matter. I'm going to get the ball again, and I'm going to lose it again. But we're going to keep driving forward with it." Um, it's a different kind of flair, even to somebody like Neymar. Well, the problem is it does matter. When you lose the ball in midfield. When Neymar loses the ball, yeah, okay, it's a little bit of a problem, but he's way up Oh, yeah, no, he doesn't fit. I'm, I'm not saying he fits. Yeah. I'm just saying no, that's, the, that's the mentality. Yeah, yeah no, no, I'm, 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 I'm agreeing with you. And uh, you were mentioning Tottenham. Well, we just look at Real Madrid playing into a, that, that formation for 3-1-2, or, you know, a variation of it, with Isco. And the work, the defensive work Isco has done against us, plus his whole passing during the game, completely giving himself to the team was something to be seen. Sure, it's not as beautiful as the incredible blind shot passes of Javier Pastore, but 
that's how you win a game. All right, Real Madrid, Paris Saint-Germain time. Uh, okay, final score 3-1. Rabiot scored at the 33rd. Ronaldo penalty at the 45th. Come on, not at the 45th. Yes, at the 45th. 1-1 uh, at halftime. Then 83rd minute, a Ronaldo goal with his knee. And a few minutes later, uh, 87th or 88th, a Marcelo goal deflected by Marquinhos. Final score, 3-1. Uh, we'll start with your take on the game, what you like, what you didn't like. Kose, all yours. Um, uh, I think, I think uh, PSG started brilliantly, playing a very, very good match, exactly what they wanted to do. Try to... Um, not not as much as uh, control the game itself, but more the run of play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Madrid uh, created a, a few chances. Uh, Ariola had a, a a couple of very very big saves, and um, and I think we we handled the game very uh, appropriately until the eighty something. Um, when we started getting that that feeling, that vibe, that the ball just didn't want to stop going towards our goal, and um, I think that that uh, that that like feeling that uh, it was also present when uh, Lotelso inevitably gave that penalty because he, I just could feel that that penalty was coming. I just mm-hmm. felt it. I knew it every time they played a, a ball into the box. I was I was feeling that that penalty was gonna come because that is very typical against against um, these types of teams. Mm-hmm. So, so um, I was very disappointed with the result because I thought we played a much, much better match than than the result uh, should have shown. But the truth is that we uh, were very weak in the in the final minutes uh, mentally. Uh, we lost a result that was very, very good to us in the return leg. And uh, I mean, not only did we lose, not only did we lose the lead by conceding a stupid penalty, we also lost uh, a good result. Uh, putting us in an awkward position for the second leg um, by giving chances we should not have given by 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 giving goals that could have been avoided. Okay, uh, David. Yeah, um, I I think Kosa hit a lot of it on the head here. There's there's some weird things about team selection that we can think about, but just in terms of the run of play, we had kind of two phases that we were designed to um, that that Emery clearly worked on. And the first was what what Kosi was talking about. We were getting, we were taking shots. We were conceding like we were allowing a lot of space for them to attack. But nevertheless, the team kind of just shrugged it off. There weren't any huge clear cut chances where we can sort of wipe our brows and say, okay, well we got to jail with that one. Um, and then the idea was to to get on the break or tire them out and then sort of come into the game, which we did. There was a good, and this is exactly what we said in the 6-1 against Barca, there was a good like 40-minute period where even when Cavani was subbed off, PSG were controlling the game, vast majority of possession, uh, a lot of chances coming their way. And it just in those two phases were clearly worked on and prepared for, and they were working out fine. It was one one. If that if the game had ended at the 80th minute, everyone would be saying, "Wow, what a great job!" Unfortunately, uh, you know this team has been defined more by its capitulations than its than its actual plans. 
so regardless of the preparation, the final 10 minutes came. Emery was unable to adapt to a double sub, and uh, Madrid just started bombing down the left and, and scored twice. Uh, now, is it out of the question for a home win? Of course not. We we, we win 2-0 and, we, and we're through. Um, but... Re- I'm glad we got the away goal, but there are some questions to be asked about those um, those final ten minutes. Many, many questions. Um, you know, a team again, a team like Madrid, you can't offer them that kind of uh, that kind of mental advantage, where you're scrambling around to try to pick up the pieces, and they are gunning for it because they've been gunning for it for two years in a row, and they've succeeded, and they're prepared for this in a way that we aren't. All right. Well, I'm going to throw my five cents. Um, Interrupt me if you think it's too long. But I'm going to start with, um, I'm not going to be the devil's advocate. First of all, I was expecting a defeat, uh, 2-1, 3-1. And um, I was fine with that before the game started. I was, I was fine with the defeat. And I knew we would lose. I mean, I was hoping for a victory, but I knew we would lose. Um, why? Because... It's freaking Real Madrid. It's the team that won three out of the last four Champions League. Let me say that again. It's the team that won three out of the last four Champions League. The same team. Um, the, the media were saying, yeah, they're not playing well. Sure, they actually didn't play that well against us. Um, and they were, quote-unquote, lucky again. Well, there's a reason why. They know how to win these games. But... Um, I don't think we failed psychologically that mentally we shut down in the last 10 minutes. I really do not think so. The reason why we took two goals in the last 10 minutes is not really mental, a mental uh, a problem to a certain extent. It's more, it's a, it's, it's a chronic problem. We do not have a six, we do not have a player that has in, in his DNA the, the mindset to defend his, his central defense and his defense, to defend his defense, to throw himself into defending, giving himself his body to the team over and over and over again. So we're asking midfielders who are pure midfielders, they're Rabiot and Verratti and Lo Celso, um, they, are, they, they can do it all. Verratti is a world-class midfielder. He's, he can sort of play like a 10, but he's not a 10. He can sort of play like a 6, but he's not a 6. He can sort of play like an 8, but he's not an 8. Rabiot, to a certain extent, is a variation of that too. Not Rabiot, not Verratti, not Lo Celso have that mindset of the pure sentinel. So you're doing your best. You're giving 120% the whole game. Comes the hour or the 70th minute, you're worn out. Since it's not in your DNA, it's not in your mental state to do that, then you are going to start to fade a bit, to focus a little less. Against Real Madrid, boom, boom, two goals. Look at Rabiot's. Rabiot being a complete, complete tourist on Marcelo's goal. He's running with Marcelo. Marcelo cuts in. Rabiot completely forgets him. And Marcelo walks into the square, unmarked by Rabiot, somehow 
and gets lucky with his shot deflected with Marquino, uh, by Marquinhos. Boom, go. A guy like Conte, with his mindset, would never have done that. He would have carried on with Marcelo. And chances are, the Marcelo uh, shot would have been blocked, not deflected. No goal. A pure six would have never done, in theory, what Lo Celso has done on Cruz, who was offside, by the way. He would have never done that because he knows he's got that defensive mindset and he's a defender playing midfielder. That's what the Sentinel is with, with good passing skills. You don't do that. You don't do that at that moment in the game against this opponent. You just don't do it. Well, then that player doesn't do it. We, we come uh, at halftime in the locker room. It's 1-0. Everything is different. So, yes, we crumbled psychologically against um, Barcelona a year ago. Um, I think this game was, it happened in a different dimension and somehow this dimension entered our dimension. It's still one of those nonsense games that make football an incredible sport. We are not the most mentally strong team. Okay, there's some you know crazy teams out there with the typical English player ready to die on the pitch. We don't really have this type of player. They're more a team of artists than utility players, sure. But they're high-level professional players, and I, I really don't think we've, we mentally became weaker in the last 10 minutes. I think it's more of a focus problem. And I, I just explain why, and that's just me saying. You know, I don't want to take all the time. Um, let, let's go back to Kose. Kose, what did you, what did you like uh, particularly about this game, about the Real Paris Saint-Germain game? Well, I felt that um, <clears throat> for certain periods of the match when PSG was put under pressure by Madrid, um, we were able to withstand that better than we usually do. Yes! Uh, Yes, yes, I, yes, yes, yes. We suffered. We knew. We, we, we did it. Guys, we did it. No, we did it. We, look at how the team... I'm, I'm cutting you off right away. We suffered for one entire half against the best team in the world. And we looked good at it. We've never done that before. Carry on. Yeah, exactly. So I, I felt a lot um, more safe. Uh, yes. and uh, reassured when, when Madrid took the ball. And I think I think some of that has to do with the fact that Kim Pembe was not into defense. Um because that I, I I truly believe that having him on the in the back four adds another dimension to the to the defensive capabilities of that of that back line. Um so I felt like like it was much more dynamic and much more adaptable. And also the midfielders did a good job covering up. So I felt like we were able, like you say, to suffer, uh, let the other team have chances, opportunities, but we still did not concede. Uh, most, mostly. Um, that, that would be my, my, my highest point in the game. David, what did you like? Uh, do, you yeah, agree, well, do you agree with us that we I, suffered well during the first half? Um, it was nervy. It was not enjoyable. I fucking almost threw up. Oh, dang, I just cursed. Um, You're suffering. It's no fun, but... You know. Yeah. 
But it, yeah, no, no, no. We, we, we came out of it. I think there was one important save from Ariola, but I mean, we conceded a goal and the goal was nonsense because Kroos was offside. So I, I mean, honestly, if, if you take out the referee or it's a clean sheet in the first half and, and we're one nil up, uh, granted the, the goal we scored was jammy, but at least it was from open play and, and, and valid. Mm. Um, I liked Emery's balls in the selection a lot. Uh, mm. Thiago Silva, was allegedly the only one informed that he was going to be benched, and then the media got word of it, so make of that what you will. How come, um, how come they did? But whatever. Yep, keep going. Yeah, right. Uh, and I, frankly, I think Kim Pembe did well. Um, Marquinhos, if anything, was the one with the shakes, but, mm-hmm. you know, Kim Pembe is a very, very good young player. Um, I think he made his choice with Lo Celso and, and stuck with it as well as he could, for better or worse. Um, you know, even if he had started Lasana Diara, that would be the first thing that the media focuses on. There's no doubt um, the six was the biggest question. That's a problem of the team's preparation. We don't have a, a first-choice player in that position, and it's a serious issue because Mata's out. Um, and even then, who knows if he would have been able to cope with the pressure of this game since the midfield was very, very physical. Um I respected the inclusion of Mbappe because the the idea behind it was let's make more space for Neymar and well he got more time on the ball uh, but Madrid loaded the center really hard that I think it in retrospect it was um, it was a mistake um, really everything up to the 80th minute you can be fairly satisfied with as we've said it's when Zidane made the double change uh, PSG had one substitution left. And Emery, instead of bringing on Diara to make yeah. sure the middle is a little bit more sturdy, if nothing else, physically, because yeah. Lo is gassed, uh, he just lets it run, concedes one, finally takes off Lo for Draxler, and then, of course, we concede another. Um, so that that is where it, it all fell apart. But generally, I, I liked the ambition. It, it felt like this was a game where we're just going to go for it, cards are on the table, and... Um, you know the idea behind it was quite good. I I wish the rhetoric afterward would be would be a list a little less focused exactly. on the referee. I mean, exactly. What's that? Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, oh yeah, because no, yeah. I mean everyone is saying like, oh okay, we'll come back. Like Rabio is saying, okay, we'll come back stronger. But then you you get Emery saying, well, why don't the, why doesn't the referee show the same bias to us? And it's just yes, no, acknowledge it that you know we conceded goals that were kind of messed up, but. There's nothing you can do about it afterwards by complaining about the referee. Make make the team's image a little bit stronger, mm. and um, you know focus on on getting that result at home. And that's what the team should be focused on right now. Certainly at home, we can score goals, and the more goals we score, uh, I'll borrow a, a, a page from um, what's his name, Michael Owen's book. The more goals we score, the more likely we are to win. <laughs> yeah. So. Um... Let's talk about the the changes in this game and now now the the agenda for the podcast is all over the place. It's okay. It, it was it was predicted. Um, the so Los Elso um, choices was ballsy. Kimpembe's choices over Silva was ballsy, and I, I think we all like the ballsiness, uh, the cojones that. Emery showed for a very important game. And I do too. What I don't like is it did not fucking work. Again. 
And I think Emery, uh, Emery re- Emery's reaction in the media shows how frustrated he was with the results. This is Real Madrid. They have the Real Madrid grind, and they grinded us, and they will grind any team that comes to Benabeu when they're on, and they are on because it's the Champions League. That's their thing. And they grinded us and grinded us and grinded us. Emery's choices were, who is going to start as a six? There was no clear-cut choices. Then you're watching the game, and it's so emotional, and you're feeling, oh my God, Diara should have started that game. Okay, well, now you're saying that. Um, how do we know things would have been better? Emery's choice with Lo Celso was, well, he's not phenomenal at it, but there's something he really, really likes about Lo Celso is he knows how to suffer. He really does. Um, better than Verratti, better than Rabio. And he's got decent physicality, even if he was completely dominated in every draw in this game. He's, um, he's cool, relatively cool under pressure. And basically, he went for him so uh, much that he only replaced him at the 85th minute. The replacement, and I, I agree with you, David, I think was his biggest mistake. And um, by far, replacing Lo Celso at that moment with Draxler. No, 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 not with Draxler. And you know what? It almost worked. Draxler had a very interesting pass for Neymar. Uh, Not a clear-cut chance, but a chance. And when you give Neymar a chance, well, that would have been a goal. I've been watching football for the past uh, beep, beep years, many, many years. I'm nobody. At that time, you know, you close down. That's it. Even 3-1 is actually not that bad of a result against Real Madrid, against this Real Madrid. 2-1 would have been a better result, and eh, it's not even proven, really. No, you close down, you put Jar in, not Draxler. You know, you don't, at that moment, you don't go for a goal because it's Draxler. He's been so inconsistent. It's too much of a gamble. And uh, he gambled. You've gambled so far a lot. You've gambled with Lo Celso, with a yellow. He had a yellow. <laughs> He's still playing. And we're doing kind of okay. We took over the game with this double, his weird double change, which is Emery's trademark. He went again for, you know, he took Cavani off and, and put Meunier in. And Alves went up. And we started dominating. We had control of the game. It kind of worked. It was bizarre, but it kind of worked. At the same time, um, well, Zidane reacted and Asensio completely killed us. Because on that wing, we had Meunier and, and Fried Alves and a brilliant player uh, like Asensio um, coming from the bench, all fresh, uh, made a difference, even, even with that double change. I'm kind of losing the, my train of thought as usual. Um, uh, anything to add on the Lo Celso as a six? Cosé. Um, um, I agree a lot uh, with what David said. I think um, I think I would have gone with Ocelso too to start. Um, he was put under a lot of pressure, and I think that even though it was clear he was the weak link and he didn't have a good game, uh, I think no, he he, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, he he. I mean, 
yeah, it, it was clear, but I think he did a lot better. I, I just think that he like really put in a lot of effort into his performance. He sure did. And there is nothing that I like more than watching players actually putting their sweat and blood into into performances. So that is one of the reasons why I like Lotelso so much. Um, I, I, I like I like him a lot too. Yes, and uh, so so I I was happy with his with uh, Emery's choice. He was a liability, um, but it had, as you said, kind of worked until until the 80th minute. He should have, uh, like David said, he should have come out before we considered those two goals. David Lo Celso six. Um, well, okay, we saw today. I mean, you said you said that that you don't even think he's an eight. I think he's an eight. I mean, I'm just going to say that. Um, I'm a big Lo Celso fan. I think he's important for the future of this team. Uh, and again, in retrospect, I am not fully convinced by Diara right now. Not that I don't think Diara has a place in the team. I think he absolutely does. He could have played 90 minutes against Strasbourg. We still would have won. He wasn't playing poorly or anything. But against Madrid, I think you need a player who is a little bit less erratic with the ball. Um, and with what... Um, With what Lo Celso had shown, despite his positional maladies, um, he is uh, just—he's technically a little bit more apt, and he is 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 less physical in the dribble, um, which makes him a little bit less vulnerable to being caught out on the ball. Which is, I feel, what would have happened with Diara. However, in the last 10 minutes, that's not going to happen. So, of course, you want to see the replacement emergency six you got yep. get some time yep. in the most important defensive phase of the season. Like, literally the most important t 10 minutes defensively of the season. Um, so that is very disappointing. I'm not going to be an apologist there. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I, I'm with I'm with Kose. I, 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 I would have started Lo Celso, and I think it wasn't a bad decision at all. Um, it turned out the way it was. I think it looks worse than it was because of the penalty conceded. Um, which, okay, fair. Don't put yourself in that situation, although he was offside. But um, I, was more, I was more surprised by the exclusion of Di Maria, I have to be honest. Like, of all the surprises, I was not... When I heard the news that Thiago Silva wasn't starting, I thought, okay, he got more gastrointestinal issues. He's nervous, whatever, fine. Um, and then it turned out to be a tactical choice. I, I still stand by that. But, uh, you know, Di Maria showed even against Strasbourg. I, I wasn't fully convinced or anything, but, you know, he's contributing a lot. And it's hard to justify because Mbappe is quite out of form. Um, and not seeing him at all, you figure, okay, there's going to be one of Diara or, or Di Maria coming on in the last 10 minutes, and then we saw neither of them. It's, it is quite confusing. You know, sometimes I want to give Emery the benefit of the doubt, but there's just no real explanation for the Draxler change. Uh, well, I mean, the explanation is, is I think, I may be wrong, uh, he, he, wanted, he wanted that pass, and he got it for Nemo. So he went for the goal, It's debatable. Every it, it's debatable, but at the end, to me, in a way, it's it's not because he's, he's thinking as a technician, as a pure technician. I'm going to put in a guy who can do that pass. Sure, this guy is a brilliant attacking midfielder. Yes, he is. Who is this guy? Well, it's Draxler. Are you out of your fucking mind? We're cursing you loud, this podcast. Get used to it. Are you out of your mind? Draxler is, is, is a great player 
but is completely inconsistent. Has he been in a great form recently? No. Is this the biggest stage you can have? Yes, it's Bernabeu, it's Real Madrid. Do you really think, do you really think going for Draxler, which is a huge gamble, is the right way to, to go instead of going for Diara, who know, you know he's going to deliver, as you can sense that very quickly the game is changing around the, since Bell actually came in at the 68th. Uh, there's new dynamism, because Bell is a very dynamic player. Um, something's changing in Real. They're, they're, they're turning things around, which is their specialty. You go with Raxler. No, no. Nope, nope, nope. Everything else, I, 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 I do agree with you. Everything's debatable. The Kimpembe uh, tactical, uh, tactical choice, Sure. Uh, I think it's more than a tactical choice. I think uh, Emery's gone. Uh, he knows he is. Um, he, 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 there's not a clear, huge difference between our three central defenders in terms of what they deliver. Of course, they all have their own style. Um, you know, Silva is a master in the box. Kimpembe is more dynamic. Marquinhos is somewhere in between. But you wrote it all three. You don't really see a huge difference the way we play, the way we defend. But it's a <laughs> it's an elimination game in Bernabeu, and you go without your captain. Yeah, I think he he made Silva pay. I mean, the scheme of things, you don't go with your captain in in the most important game of the season, and you say it's a uh, it's it's a technicality. No, no, it's not. It's a complete, um, well, it, it, it's a tough time for Silva. I think uh, it, it doesn't really matter again because Emery is gone and the new coach may put Silva back. It happened to Silva in Brazil too. He was captain, then he wasn't, blah, blah, blah. He's been a very controversial captain, uh, to say the least. Um, anything else on the Los Celso things? Oh, yeah, so I, I would have gone with Rabio. Before the game, I, I wanted, you know, Rabio as a six um, with Jao on the bench to come in. But, um, well, Emery kind of proved prove that wrong. Who scored the first goal? Rabio, because he does that. He projects himself really well towards the, the, the opposition square, a little bit like Matridi used to do, if we remember, or Blaisou. And uh, Blaise Matridi, remember? Um, huh? Yeah. <laughs> So uh, Rabio, Rabio did that, and you know Alves, nice pass for um, Mbappe. Actually, Mbappe—that's the only thing he did in his game. Decent cross, Neymar pressure on on Ramos. Ramos fumble a little bit, doesn't kill the ball really well. Boom, Rabio go. Um, this is why Emery wanted Rabio as a left real heir, as a left midfielder, and not Lo Celso, and he was proven right. So there was no clear, really clear decision for the six. Um, we slightly disagree on Thiago Silva. We probably all can agree on Di Maria, though, not coming in. And uh, we had only... Am I right? We had only two changes, didn't we? No, we had, we had three. Right? Uh, uh, I believe so. Hang on. It, well, there was Mounier. And who was the other one? No, I think we have to... We no. Have. Huh. Uh, so, first change was 
Meunier for Cavani. And the second change was at the 87th minute, uh, right after the double change, Madrid's double change, which was 79th, Isco out, Asensio in, Casemiro out, Vasquez, Lucas Vasquez in. We had only one additional change, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen. 85th minute, Lo Celso out for Draxler. Mbappé, uh, well, because Cavani's out, Mbappé's playing number nine. So he cannot take yeah. Mbappé out. You know what I'm saying? That's it. So that, right. that basically that change, taking Cavani out, basically um, con- condemned, um, condemned. Sometimes I don't pronounce English words well. Uh, uh, Di Maria on the bench. Do you say on the bench? Sad, but what other solution he had? He took Cavani out. That, that, that's debatable. That's debatable too. It forced him to keep Cavani. It forced him to keep Mbappe on. And then we had Alves on the right, which he stopped defending in the last 10 minutes, which was a big issue. Well, I mean, Cavani... And I, I, I have no, wasn't, didn't have a good night. I was expecting him to be shunned by Ramos and Varane, two of the best central defenders in the last, well, Ramos especially, 10, 15 years in the world. Tough for a, um, a number nine to deal with these guys. Um, and Cavani, <clears throat> not in a good night. His runs were not superb. Uh, but still, he had these runs. But in the game, I mean, that's that. You know, at that level, when you compare um, the contribution of Benzema in in, in Real Madrid's attacking phases uh, with with Cavani's contributions to Paris Saint Germain's, ay 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 ay. So ballsy move, um, and not you know not necessarily a bad idea because now Mbappe is playing nine. But that, that didn't, yeah, that didn't work. Um, let's talk a bit about Madrid. Uh, Kose, how did you find Madrid? Um, any particular player that uh, did shine during that game? Yeah, um, I thought uh, their suffering <laughs> was pretty good too. Oh, yeah. Um, they know how to suffer. Yes, yes. Uh, we, they, were, they were under pressure a lot of times in the match. Uh, they knew how to handle... Uh, incoming attacks, incoming balls. Uh, I saw a few uh, a Sunday man shots that were blocked, so a lot of blocks. Yeah, uh, very. very uh, There's one block uh, in the first half. Sorry to interrupt. Um, Kimpembe is in the square. He shoots. Is uh, what ten feet away from goal. Yes. During first half, we we up one 0 and uh, there's a block by Ramos. Oh my god. Unbelievable! Yeah. A fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a second, and he's actually he's standing, he's like falling backward on one foot, still manages to extend his right foot while he's falling to do the block. Unbelievable! Yes. Yeah, so this defense, I, I agree, it was amazing at getting themselves in front of the ball. They uh, cut out chances, cut out danger. Um, and I feel that that is a very, very well done by them. Uh, I also felt Isco played a very, played a very good match. 
um, balancing the team. He had to do a lot of, of, uh, of work through the pitch. But but uh, also, the, the Kaylor Navas had an amazing match. Um, very solid in goal. Yeah. Can you say one Real Madrid player played poorly? Uh, and if you I can, want, which one? I want to say... I want to say Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> scoring, scoring two goals But, in the elimination games against Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah, he had a yeah. really bad game. No, yeah. I agree. In the game, yeah. he was terrible. Uh, actually, I, I, I uh, did not back him to score. Um, he had a few chances that he bottled. He uh, got a, 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 a one-on-one against Ariola that, that uh, yeah. he w would have normally put away easily. Um, And he missed that one too. So I, yeah. I thought his game was pretty average. But then again, he does have some great, great uh, positional instincts, which eventually allowed him to, to grab his goals. Let, let's pause a second on that action, if you can uh, visually re you know, remember it. Areola comes out, and he's a 6'5", um, I think, 6'4". He's really tall, and he does exactly exactly what's needed. He comes out as a bullet, but not, you know, out of control, so he doesn't bump into Ronaldo. And he stays tall. He stays as tall as he can. And, uh, yeah, Ronaldo could have done a slightly better job, but remember how Areola stopped that goal with his head. <laughs> he's, he's, um, he's done. I mean, that was a world-class save to me. We have to give that to Areola. That was a world-class save. He had two saves during the first half. Oh, my God. Amazing. Keep going. I'm sorry. No, I mean, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's why I, I won't say. I definitely won't say he, he had a bad game because he did obviously score two goals. And uh, he worked hard to get them. So they are deserved. But um, I, I do think that I did, I did think that his performance was uh, kind of lackluster. He didn't really uh, push the team forward. So he, he would be the only Real Madrid player that... Would you say he played... We can't say he played... Overall, he played poorly because he scored two goals, but... Yeah, of course. No, he, no. I, I, I don't think, I don't think uh, he played poorly. I just think that for me, he was a player I was uh, less scared about mm. and eventually who ended up punishing us. As he's done in the past. Uh, David? I think um, in terms of who played poorly... Uh, I, I'll say it. I think Ronaldo had generally a, a bad game from open play. I mean, he scored twice. One was a penalty. I, I figured that was going to happen because we always concede penalties in big games. But um, Penaldo. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you could see the penalty. Ronaldo's going to take it. So, uh -huh. of course, he's going to score. And then um, you did have the second goal, which was pure... You know, that was that was very, very jammy. Uh, it should have done a lot better there. Um, as for who played well, I mean, guys, Isco destroyed us. Amazing. And this is what we were talking about um, with the failures of, of, of the system against uh, Madrid's, like, packed midfield, is that Isco, you have him as, as this shuttling player. And when you have someone in that space and you have a, a competent six in a 4-3-3, I mean, you put Isco in that formation up against Busquets and he gets torn apart because yeah. Busquets sticks to him the whole time and he can just move the ball around. If mm -hmm. even Maybe even Mata would have been positionally apt enough. But Lo Celso is getting around there and he's trying so hard to, to have a defensive impact that Isco completed like 
all of his passes in the first half, all 33 of them or whatever, and then probably still had like 90% pass accuracy by full time. He, he was totally uncovered that whole game. And it was, he was Madrid's saving grace when moving the ball around. Um, I, you know, like Casemiro even left his team a little bit exposed at the back. I think you can point to him. He had kind of a middling game, picked Mm. up a yellow, um, had to be subbed off. And they were much better, in fact, when Casemiro was subbed off. But uh, Isco was absolutely golden. He he compensated for all of it in terms of transition. Um, and I think for the return leg, you you have to be prepared to uh, to counteract something like that. They they might even be wise to just play the a, a similar system like that so long as we have that space available to exploit uh, behind the midfield. So uh, interestingly, nobody mentioned Marcelo, who I think was uh, named. Man of the match, I may be wrong. What a game Marcelo had! What a game he had! Oh my goodness, what a player! Um, but yeah, you're right. I think Isco, the Asensio change killed us because we were fried and blah blah blah. We don't have a six, blah 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 blah. And uh, a quality player like this on the wings, two wingers at the same time. That's a that's a that's a smart move by Zidane. Um, because that's Paris Saint-Germain's weakness, isn't it? Defending our wings. Uh, because, well, we have Neymar who doesn't defend. We have Mbappé who doesn't defend, in general. Um, and then we have two fullbacks who are not very good at defending. So in a game like this, at the 70th minute, when everybody's fried, or 79th, actually, um, you put in two excellent wingers, yeah, and Paris Saint-Germain doesn't have a six. Sure. But the reason, one of the reasons why we are fried, we don't have a six, okay, is Isco, who's contributing to the constant pressure, constant pressure. I was surprised by Madrid, um, who normally doesn't do that, but they're proving again and again and again and again and again and again that they adapt to a particular opponent when it really matters. Paris Saint-Germain is a huge stre- uh, threat up front. Real Madrid has a modular team, an adaptive team, which can play several different formations within the same game. With, with People were talking about, and I was, um, the bench, Real Madrid's bench was not very you know, good compared to previous years. Well, the bench killed us. <laughs> Um, but Marcelo had, uh, again, during a, a great and important game, um, he stepped up. And I cannot pinpoint to one particular Real Madrid player who did not have a good game. Uh, Ronaldo. But he scored two games, two goals, so he, you can't say he had a bad game. Now, let's look at Paris Saint-Germain, who had a bad game. Mbappé had a bad game. Neymar didn't have a great game. Cavani had a bad game. Lo Celso had a bad game. That's a lot. So, um, your take on the second leg. Do we have a chance to score two goals, not take any, or um, score four goals if Real Madrid scores only one? Cosé? Um, I think... Uh Everyone here agrees and knows uh, PSG are a very, very dangerous team at home. Uh, 
Parc des Princes is always a very hard stadium to play in. And uh, I think we definitely have a chance uh, to go to the next round. You see Unai Emery, Nasser Al-Khalifi, a bunch of other people saying they are confident we can go through. Um, I agree there's a very good chance we can we can do this. But um, I also think uh, PSG are in an uncomfortable position. Uh, they are going into the second leg uh, losing. And um, we'll really have to step up to... To, to get the win. So I don't really know what's going to happen, but I think, I think, uh, and I'd like to see PSG uh, push that Real Madrid, even if, even if PSG doesn't go through, push that Real Madrid up to the end, up to the last minutes, fight for that next, uh, that, for that spot in the next round. Okay. D David? Well, uh, once again, I don't expect us to keep a clean sheet, um, but we will score at home. We always score at home. Uh, there is a mental fortitude that we have in the Champions League at home, and this is going to be the first time we're going to have like a serious, uh, a serious second leg that comes back to the Parc de France. Um, and I, or under Emery, Emery, I mean, but uh, I'm optimistic. Honestly, there's going. This is going to be a game here. Uh, if we lose, it's going to be very close. Um, the, I, I just don't see it being. A blowout at home because it, it never happens. Uh, the park has has a great atmosphere, and the team has like a, a a much stronger sense of unity and a sense of invincibility at the park uh, that I think kind of shines through in their play. I mean, even going down early today to Strasbourg, it came back, and it, Strasbourg are not Real Madrid, but you can see, you know, the team didn't doesn't even stutter. I mean, it, it just keeps on moving, and it knows that if it goes through the motions, it's going to win at the damn park. And that's so. That's it. I think absolutely not. It's not going to be two zero. I mean, if it is, uh, you know, I'll eat my hat. I don't know. I've already made some bizarre claims, but uh, <laughs> there will be an away goal. People will get scared, and then I personally think we will go through. Okay. Um, I don't think we will, but that's um, it, it's not a reasonable. Take. Um, I'm just being pessimistic because it's Real Madrid and because it's Paris Saint-Germain. Um, but so, first of all, statistically, we have only 33% of chances to go through. Uh, I'm not sure how far back it, the, those stats are looking in the Champions League. But when you lose 3-1, the first leg, you only have about 33% of chances to turn it around. But yes, we've seen... We've seen... Beautiful evenings at Parc des Princes in the Champions League. Ask Real Madrid, um, I'm sorry, Barcelona. Uh, ask Bayern Munich. Yeah, we can do it. Somehow I feel like something is going to go wrong because that's, that's me being a Paris Saint-Germain fan and French football fan. But before, when, when the, the, the draw happened and we, we, we got Real Madrid, Second leg at Parc des Princes. Immediately, I had that vision. We're going to lose the first game. And we, we are going to be in a position where the second leg is going to require that magical evening. That magical evening at Parc des Princes, which I've witnessed, because I am so old, the 1993, 94, ah, 94, uh, three, a 4-1 victory. 
after a 3-1 defeat in Real Madrid. And we had that special... What's, what's special about the Parc des Princes? Many, many things, but, you know, it's just a stadium with people. But it's like a bathtub. It's a, it's a round, gigantic piece of concrete, very round. The sound in there is like... I haven't been in many, many stadiums in my life, but in generally, they're very open. Parc des Princes is not. The sound in there is is warm, is loud, but it's really warm. It bounces everywhere and comes back to you. And when the crowd is on, it feels like there's 300,000 people in there. And the crowd is going to be on in three weeks. Um, you, you could tell the ultras today against Strasbourg were like making it clear. They were a little louder than usual and they're very loud. The fans have seen it before and they want it to happen again. And this is what the club needs. And let's say the result of that game was 1-1, not 3-1. Okay, statistically, we are in a better position than you know, coming back to Paris with a 3-1 score. But does that guarantee us we're going to go through? No. Real Madrid could do a 1-1 and win on penalty kicks. They could win 2-1. Because, you know, what, what's the position we're in? Should we attack? Should we defend? Should we be, you know, tr try a little bit of both? We lose 2-1. That means we can, we can win 1-0. Are we the type of team that can win 1-0 against Real Madrid? Yeah, no. We are the type of team that is a, is a, is a phenomenal attacking team and in a great night we can go through by scoring three, four goals against Real Madrid. And Real Madrid can score one, and we're through. So I'm contradicting myself in, 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 the, in my whole statement. Um, the way I see it, we are going to win that game, but that will not be enough. Please, please prove me wrong. I want that night again. I want to see it again. It's, yes, okay, all right. Yes, it's possible that we can go through. Of course it's possible. I don't think we will. But, of course, it's possible. Um, let's, let's go one more round. Kose, do you, are you feeling it? Are you feeling that it's going to happen? Or are you doubtful? T tell us, frankly. Uh, I think I'm on the fence on this one. Uh, I, really, I really want to see it happen. <laughs> I, um, of course. I agree. I agree with what you say. I think that that uh, that happening uh, on that uh, Wednesday or uh, Tuesday night, uh, two weeks from now, is it would change the the direction of the club entirely. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it would really give us a shot at at, uh, at going further down, uh, not only in this tournament but also in the future. But I do believe that we didn't have a, a an excellent first match. Uh, we are in a, in a bad position. So I think we will go to the park. We will have a great match and win, just like you said. But it will not be enough. Okay. David? Yeah, no, I, 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 feel, uh, I feel we will win. I believe we will go through. Um, but it's tight. 
Um, I think no matter what, we're going to concede, but we're going to win at the park. Whether it's going to be enough is another issue. I think we can do it. Um, and I also have an exclusive scoop that for this game only, Unai Emery is giving up the reins to Antoine Kumbuare, <laughs> who will be player manager for one game. And score that fourth ga- goal on a header. Um, exactly. You know, it's funny for... Um, For French <laughs> French fans, it was um, ooh, which channel doesn't matter. But what people really really remember is Michel Platini. Who you know, we all know who Michel Platini is. Uh, he has a bad Hero image. Yeah, well, he was also a player, <laughs> a phenomenal player uh, who won the Ballon d'Or, and um, also he was a, a, a coach, not a great coach of the French national team. And then he became a, a commentator for a while. And during that game, and that's what I'm talking about, and that's what we're going to need. It's, it's what word I'm going to put on it? Magic. So Ginola, um, who's a sort of like Neymar-ish player in many ways, um, many falls. Like he would, he would get fouled all the time, all the time, because he, he, was, he was dynamic, technical, and, and a brilliant attacking player. Like comes in and gets fouled, and Platini says that's it. That's a false goal right there. And uh, Valdo does the free kick, and and they're commenting. Yeah, they're all coming up, and and there's uh, uh, Ricardo, and then there's Comboire, and when they say Comboire, Comboire scores that goal four one. Ninety third minute. Bye bye Real Madrid. Unbelievable game. Unbelievable game. Unbelievable game. Um, I watched the, the good run they had in the Champions League the year after that with Wea and all that stuff. They reached the semi and got beaten by, by AC Milan. I watched the victory against Rapid Vienna in the uh, Cup Winners' Cup. Nothing comes close. Nothing comes close to that game. In terms of um, emotion, sure, but that, that, that je ne sais quoi, that magical, magical moment. And that's what it's going to take, uh, I think, to beat Real Madrid. I don't see like Madrid having a particularly bad night because they have so much experience. So um, I also think, if I'm reasonable, that we probably will win this game, but that probably won't be enough. But um, we are in a position to have that game. And the club needs that. The fans need that. We need that game to happen. Uh, but that's wishful thinking, isn't it? Um, to finish this podcast, how do you see what's going to happen if we, we, we don't go through? How, what's going to happen to the club and what needs to happen for the next season? Uh, quickly, Kose. Uh, well, so I think the first clear thing is Emery's gone. Um, He's gone, whatever. He's gone. <laughs> yeah, especially... Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's not the man to take this team to the next level. I don't think he is uh, anymore. Yeah, yeah and uh, I think um, that, 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 uh, that, that the SIG search will start again. To find a, a world class six that we can have in, in our team. All right. Um, David? 
we have all the attack we need for a while. Uh, there's going to be some shuffling with Gedesh and all that, and that's that's drama for another time. Don't have the time to discuss it right now, but um, yeah, there's going to be a six thing. This might just be Mata's last year with the team. Uh, you need a new goalkeeper. Yep. Um, unfortunately, I think Trap leaves. Ariola stays. Hometown boy. Good for registration rules. Um, he stays as a backup, and uh, maybe he develops further. Who knows? But you need a goalkeeper who mm-hmm. can who can really play, and you need a six who can really play. Um, and I mean a first choice, not oh who's going to start today. I mean someone who is undisputed earns the position every single week. And that that is what we need in the sixth position because all the other midfield spots were covered. Um, if Emery wins the Champions League, I think he gets a contract extension just <laughs> out of, uh, okay. you know. Yeah, I, I think I think in that, that case they we'll might just that. throw him a bone. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> I I don't think he's the guy. Unfortunately, I really wish he was. Um, he's very well intentioned. Yeah. I can kind of see where he's coming from with mm-hmm. with a lot of what he's dealing with. And again, since he probably knows he's on the way out, I think you know showing the balls to drop Silva is is going a long way towards combating the um, the really dramatically bad dressing room culture at PSG that's been around for a very very long time. Um, the ridiculous amount of player power that there is, you know that, and and all the media drama. I think. I think he's going to go out like that, and that's fine. Um, but yeah, I expect a new manager in the summer, unless he wins the Champions League. And even if he wins the Champions League, I think we would expect a new manager after his extension runs out, because he's just not quite there. Uh, so he's, he's not going to win the Champions League. Even if we have that magical evening um, and we beat Real Madrid, the weaknesses of the team are such... I'm talking about the weaknesses, I'm not talking about the strength. Again, Barcelona, the past two seasons, the three up front were Neymar, Suarez, Messi. Did they win the Champions League? No. They got eliminated by the Atletico and by Juve very easily dismissed in quarterfinals. Is our three up front, um, when they are playing well, better than Barcelona's three up front? No. End of the discussion. That's not how you win the Champions League. Why is Barcelona playing better this season? Because for the past two seasons, their key, key, key player, who's Busquets, was struggling with injuries, not going back to his red level. Watch Barcelona now. Go to our soccer and watch the little GIF animation of Busquets. Amazing uh, uh, football IQ, amazing technical abilities, passing abilities, positioning abilities. He's back to his prime. Oh, what a strange coincidence. Barcelona is back to its top, even without Neymar. I agree with David. Give us all black next season. Give us a Fabinho next season. A true DM slash... Fabinho is a DM slash six. He can do both. He can... Hell, he can even play left back. Uh, right back? Right back, left back. I forgot. Amazingly well. Amazing player. Give us a Fabinho... Now we can win the Champions League. Since we like to also to talk about money, the, 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 the midfield and defense that we displayed against Real Madrid, the cost of the seven players, uh, I'm not counting Areola. Yeah, I'm counting Areola. Eight players, $66 million. Oh, wow. That's like uh, Rennes level. 
So, yeah, we 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 got we got two world class, amazing, amazing players la- last summer because the club could. There was a window window of opportunity, and they went for it, and they spent all the money, even money they invented, to get them. Well, that's great, but that's not enough to be a team at the level of Real Madrid, at the level of Bayern Munich, or at the level of, of, of Barcelona, now they're playing back to that prime, and win the Champions League. Please prove me wrong. Uh, David, you got to go, right? I got to go, my friend. Well, go then. Go. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You got to let the curmudgeon keep talking. Okay. I could, uh, you, know, you know me. I could, I, could, I could talk for another hour. Easy. You could go for years. For years. Sharing all the, all the millennia of knowledge that you have. Oh, uh, yeah. And more. All right. We're done. Um, no idea when the next podcast will be. Thank you for your time, guys. I hope um, that was a, um, a good podcast again. And we will. We will talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.